1: BFM 89.9. Good morning, you are listening to The Morning Run. It's Tuesday the 14th of June, 6 in the morning. I'm Shazana Mukhtar in studio today with Wong Shaoning and we're going to take you all the way up to
0: 10am. Yes, a wonderful day. Did you see the moon on your drive over? I did. Over? I thought of you shouting because you are particularly, <laughs> you like to see the moon. You're a moon watcher. I am. Actually, I'm also a star watcher but unfortunately because of the light pollution, uh, we don't... Very often get to see how beautiful the sky is. But the moon is absolutely gorgeous. It looks like you can almost reach out and touch it. So pay attention to it if it's still dark out there.
1: So as you're driving in the dark, in the depths of this morning, we're going to give you a preview of the discussions that we have lined up. Uh, And later on at 7.15, we're going to untangle government procedure government procurement processes and what needs to be done to enhance transparency with economist Dr. Nung Sari A. Radi. This is uh, in response to a story about how DBKL is
0: supposedly paying a lot of money, 30 to million, right? Lampposts. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do believe the figure is purportedly 30 million. Uh at 730 then we're gonna be discussing the implications of global and not just Malaysia, right? Because it's a global phenomenon. Food insecurity with Dr. Paul Ting of the S. Rajaratnam School of International Studies and find out actually in particular who is the hardest hit with the rising inflation and food costs around the world.
1: That's right. And then later on at 7.45, we're going to review the Ministry of Finance's pre-budget 2023 statement to glean what's in store in the budget later this year. I think all eyes are going to be on that, uh, especially given that uh, it will... Maybe come out around the same time as GE15, who knows, right? Um, Maybe. Before, after, it's all up in the
0: air still? Well, so far, checks with parliamentary schedule show that the 2023 budget is supposed to be tabled on the 28th of October. No change there. But hey, who knows, right? All this and more today on The Morning Run. Stay tuned, BFM
1: 89.9. Fleet Foxes with Maestranza. And before that, you also heard Best Coast with Ardeal. You're listening to The Morning Run, 6.07am on Tuesday, the 14th of June. I'm Shazana Mukhtar with Wong Xiaoning. Now, to kick off our morning, I have a fun fact for you, Xiaoning. So according to researchers, the average human lifetime spans 4,000
0: weeks Only. (laughs) seems very little (laughs) oh oh no I did not count how many more weeks I've got left so whether that sounds like a long time or a short time depends on where you are in life I think well guess what I'm clearly in the glass half empty camp this is the glass half full camp towards the
1: end of that 4,000 perhaps if you're seeing that cycle but uh, we're discussing this because the Wall Street Journal has a reflective piece on how the pandemic has changed the way we view time
0: yeah I found this um, I picked this Right, this article I found it really true because it resonates so much with me. Uh, we spent 2020, 2021, uh, a bit of twenty twenty two. You know, well, actually, maybe just mainly twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one really locked up at home, right? Because we really had to curtail our movement and you know the the bit to flatten the curve. But hey. Everything's kind of semi reopened. The only country that probably hasn't really reopened is China, but everyone else has. Even last night US has announced that they no longer require COVID-19 tests when you arrive there. Pretty much signaling that hey, travel's back again. Come and visit us. Uh, it's a new normal. We just learn how. We just need to learn how to adapt. But I think other than that, don't you feel that there's a sense that what happened to those 2 years and you desperately want it back, you know? It has time has become so precious and you know you can't really get it back so whatever time you have left you kind of kind of want to savor every moment of it and for me that has made me be very well has made me more calculative and measured in terms of how I spend my time in terms of what I do and even with the people I spend it with so if I'm not going to maximize my enjoyment or maybe in terms of your importance to me, I might just politely say, no, thank you. I've got things to do. I don't know. did you did, did the covid nineteen pandemic change the way you view time?
1: It's an interesting
0: question and one that I feel it
1: really depends on the time of day that you ask me. Oh, okay. I do feel like how to say it, I, I agree, and I've heard this from many other people as well, the fact that the pandemic has um, given impetus to, I suppose, rearrange our priorities in terms of what we find important in life, right? Yes. Um, And who you want to spend time with, as you mentioned. But at the same time, I can't help but feel that, you know, those concerns sometimes are superseded by the day-to-day urgency of things. So... It's it's always that balance, right, of what of, of time in terms of what you need to get done today versus mm. what's important for the long term. So for me, it's always a question of short term versus long termism. You know, which which glasses do you have on at any one particular time?
0: Uh, I suppose so, but you know, it. Let's talk about let's say our our bigger plans. Okay, so the day to day, yes, you know, there's no running away from the chores that we have to do, the work commitments that we have. And family obligations, I think that's life goes on. But in terms of planning, do you get a sense that you are then a little bit more driven to tick off what is in your bucket list?: For me, no. No, <laughs> no, not Because actually. your glass is super half-full, Shazana.
1: I'm not sure if that's a question of it being half-full or half-empty. I suppose mm. it could be, it, it. perhaps it could go to the fact that I still, f- yeah, perhaps I don't see the end yet, you know? So mm. in that sense, my optimism makes me think that, oh, I still have time. Okay. As opposed to those who may feel like, oh no, I may not have time. So again, it depends on what glasses you're wearing at any
0: time of day, right? That's true. But for me, like the bucket list that I have at the back of my head has really moved forward, right? Because the last two years gone. And time is one of those things, right? No matter what, you cannot get back. What's on your bucket list, Shaolin? What is it that you feel
1: you you, you need to take off sooner rather than later now?
0: A lot of it has to do with travel and it's fantasy travel. One of which is, you know, I really want to go on a safari in Botswana. Now the other new bucket list and y'all are going to die of laughter is when I was away traveling, I thought, hey, I should learn a new skill. How about learning how to ride a motorbike? And when I told my friend that, they were like, are you nuts, woman? You're like almost 50. What if you fall down? And I'm like, yeah, I might fall down. I might break my leg. I might break my arm at best if I'm unlucky, even worse. But hey, should I add that to my bucket list? So why
1: not? I give you a resounding yes. I think that's fantastic. And better to break your leg at 50 rather than breaking it at 65. So <laughs> I think you never, know, but there's never now. a good time
0: to break a leg though. That's right. That's true. Unless so, you're going on stage. In yes. which case... Yeah, no. good luck. But uh, yeah, so I, I was thinking, you know, what should I want to what should I want to do first? You know, what what's on that list, especially since the last two years has taught us if we don't grab this opportunity, and it just goes out a window, you can't get it back. It's gone forever, right? absolutely so tell us what you think has the
1: pandemic really crystallized for you the things that you want to grab onto in life or take opportunities that you previously may have let slip past you can whatsapp us at 018-789-8899 or tweet us at bfm radio tell us what you think about time it's six thirteen in the morning we're heading into some messages and when we come back how do we consume less a parisian entrepreneur thinks she has a solution bfm 89.9 Bad company with can't Get Enough. I hope we're good company. We're the morning run. I'm Shazana Mukhtar with Wong Xiaoning. 6.19 in the morning on Tuesday the 14th of June. And Can't Get Enough is actually quite apt for what we're going to discuss next, um, which is really about consumption and how we have become gluttons of consumption. Mm. You know, globalization and online shopping has made it very easy to acquire cheap things in
0: abundance. Yeah, click, 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 and then you're there, and then all the packages arrive in your home, I'm, and you have instant gratification. I'm super guilty of this. <laughs> um, but this isn't great for the planet. We
1: know this. Uh, and to be more sustainable, we also know we need to consume less. Yeah. So, Don't
0: add to the landfill, Shazana which I'm also guilty of, by the way.
1: So Bloomberg, I saw this interview um, on Bloomberg, and they spoke with a Parisian entrepreneur named Caroline Morrison, um, who seemed, who who's, who's putting forward a solution um, to all this excess. And... Her solution is to sell products that last a lifetime. So her store, um, called Landline, it's a general store, it only sells items that are built to last. So this can range from cookware, um, to toys, to children's clothes. But the idea is
0: you you buy this once and it's supposed to last you for the rest of your life. Isn't this a bad business model for her? <laughs> because if somebody buys something and it lasts a lifetime, they're not supposedly going to come back, right, to buy that same item. So her... She has a bit of a different business model there, <laughs> so perhaps she's not it. She's not going to make much money out of. this I don't know. Issue. I think for her, customer exi- acquisitions is just getting more and more customers, uh, or maybe the customers will come back and buy something else from the shop, which will last another lifetime. But there's no replacing that one item that they supposedly already bought, right? But I look at the pictures and on Bloomberg, right, on this Bloomberg magazine, and whatever said and done, her merchandising is absolutely gorgeous. The way the shop is laid out is 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 easy on the eye you really want to browse uh she's done a great job in terms of you know curating what should be in the shop but i think going back to the concept of it true it has become so easy in fact too easy to buy stuff and i wonder because of that do we then assign almost no value to what we buy and because we don't assign any value to it we treat it as disposal, disposable. So to me, it's not how much you paid for, let's say, that kitchen utensil, but how much you value it. I think a,
1: a great example of that is really the whole fast fashion movement. Um, brands like or platforms like Shein or H&M. The fact that you can get clothes that on screen look really nice for really cheap. Mm. You know, you click it, you buy it. In If it doesn't fit you, it, you don't feel too bad about not being able to fit it. So And you
0: can return it usually.
1: You can return it or perhaps it's so cheap that you, don't, you feel like, it's okay, I don't need to return it. I'll just, you know, I'll just be in my closet or later end up in some landfill perhaps if yeah. I fi- find that I don't. 't want it, but that, that's the thing, right? In, in that way I feel I agree with you in the sense that how much we value an item that we purchase also um, influences how we treat it and whether we actually take
0: care of it and, and use it um, and, and use it well. I think the other thing we need to consider is the cons- consequences of something when it's very cheap. Because at whose expense did it become cheap? Aha! Right. Very true. We don't think about this enough. When we buy that expensive uh, smartphone, when
1: we buy our computer, you know, we don't really think about what goes behind the creation of that thing.
0: Yeah, and even more so, let's say when you think about the item that you've bought—that you know, that T-shirt that you've paid twenty ringgit for, or fifteen—I've even seen as cheap as that—who made that t-shirt for you for 15 ringgit because the retailer still needs to make his profit right so i'm assuming he's going to make a profit of at least 50% or if not more so the t-shirt's value is 7 ringgit and 50 cents now for him to to sell it to you for 15 the cost must be what a dollar but who paid you know, who are we paying a dollar for this T-shirt? And it is, it, you know, you need to consider all these things. I mean,
1: in a way, technology has made a production cheaper.
0: So I guess part
1: of those savings could be attributed to pro- uh, technology and production. Mm-hmm. But I feel that I think these ca- kinds these of are questions, questions right? are, are important to ask, especially if we do want to reduce our consumption. So maybe just give a little bit of thought to that question before you decide to splurge or click on, on an item that you, that you feel you want
0: rather than what you need
1: rather than what you need. Um, and I, I was wondering if you had something in your closet, Xiaoning, that has lasted the test of time, perhaps. I don't know if it's, it could be a, a piece of clothing, it could be an item because I'm thinking of cookware, right? Cookware mm. that has lasted generations, perhaps. I mean, I have china from my grandmother that was passed down to my mom
0: and I feel that one day it's going to end up in my, in my kitchen yeah, cupboard and I, it's still in really good condition. I have some enamel from my grandmother which I cherish a lot. My, I've got some pots and pans which my mother used in England when she was a student while doing her master's it still wow. worked to today. I've got built some wo- to last built to last I've got some wooden spoons that are like 20 30 years old. So I think if you tr- if you give your items a bit of love and you cherish them, even though you haven't paid a lot of money for them, sometimes they can last a lifetime. Well, tell us what
1: you think. What are you doing to reduce your consumption? What tips or tricks help? You can WhatsApp us 18 789 or tweet us at BFM Radio. We're heading into the 6.30 a.m. News Bulletin. We'll come back after that with a look at global headlines. Here's New Order with True Faith to take you to the news, BFM 89.9. Arcade Fire with Keep the Car Running. Maybe don't keep the car running. Those fumes can be pretty bad for you, you know. 6.40 in the morning, you're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Wong Xiaoning. It's Tuesday, the 14th of June, and we're checking out what's making headlines around the world. Um, Can I start, Xiaoning, with this headline that I saw from Bloomberg this morning, and also in the Financial Times, actually. It's about Disney um, and their streaming ambitions in India. So, not too long ago we were discussing well we always discuss streaming right and just the different uh, contenders in play you guys love it and how Disney Plus has really been making inroads in India and this is because of its tie up with the um, Indian Cricket League Uh, so in the latest news Disney has managed to retain broadcasting rights for uh, the Indian Premier League uh, in cricket um, but they don't have streaming rights and that has been taken that has been won by another um, streaming company so in a way that is a bit of a blow uh, to Disney plus in terms of their expansion um, at least where India is concerned and I'm always curious to see uh, which streaming devices or which streaming platforms will tap into the live sport market because I do think Mm. that is where they're going to get their subscriber growth from
0: yeah actually they're pretty absent from that at the moment right it's mainly the what you call the 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 old school cable companies. companies yeah that still do sports uh we'll see right because they they need they do need the catalyst in terms of growing subscribers and it's kind of hit a plateau especially for america not so much for international subscribers okay i'm going to be looking at the wall street journal and it's about the fact that the feds are likely to consider a 75 percentage point 0.75 percentage point rate hike this week and this is what the wall street journal is suggesting on the back of the Absolutely shocking inflation figure that came out last Friday at 8.6%. So I think it's pretty much expected that they were going to raise 50 bips today. I think they're meeting later today. Uh, but now there's speculation that they'll go as much as 75 bibs. And I think markets as a result had a bit of a free fall yesterday nasdaq down 4.68 percent dow jones down 2.3 2.8 percent s&p 500 down 3.9 percent we'll be talking of course to song Seng who is the uh, economist at cimb private bank about these movements in the market but it looks like we're really heading into bear market territory at the moment and i think markets just were in shock and added to that of course cryptocurrency space all down across the board if you were cryptocurrency millionaire, maybe you're less so this morning.
1: That's uh, exactly the case. Completely red. Um, And really, I think all eyes are on the US economy and trying to see whether, when, it it feels like right now it's inevitable that they will tip into recession. It's just a matter of when. So the projections are as soon as the fourth quarter of uh, this year to, uh, I think more economists are looking at the first or second quarter Mm. of next year. Um, But yeah, how the Fed is trying to navigate this soft issue landing. It, it seems yeah. more and more unlikely. I, I saw a description um, from one of the economists about how the Fed, they're walking on a tightrope. They're trying to land. The landing strip is a tightrope amidst buffeting winds.
0: It's <laughs> like virtually impossible, right? Exactly. Yeah, I think it's going to be challenging. Uh, meanwhile, staying in uh, the U.S., I'm going to be talking about the, you know, the. uh, I want to refer to The Guardian, actually, because they're highlighting the 6th January panel hearings that are going on uh, in the US. And this is, of course, remember, there was this, uh, it was like almost a mini insurrection uh, where, you know, there was a group of people, they were like basically a group, which they say is led now by Donald Trump or at least instigated by Donald Trump to attack the US Capitol. And then, you know, there's been a series of damning testimony against the former US president. So many of his honchos have come out to say that Trump actually basically never wanted to leave the White House and he was doing whatever he, it took to to stay in power. It's
1: curious, uh, these January 6th, a testimony as so of this January sixth. Uh Trial. I'm not sure
0: what. To, I'm like not a sure what's
1: hearing. House Select
0: Committee. That's what they call it, right?
1: So that's going on. It, in fact, in, from my perspective, I actually kind of forgot about January sixth. You know, given everything else that's happened in the rest of the world, but it's true that for the U.S., they're still grappling with what happened early this year, and and it's having repercussions uh, in the larger political space. All eyes are going to be on the midterm elections in November and how this plays out, because. The US remains a very politically polarised country on so many different issues.
0: I mean, I've heard commentators call it the event on January 6th almost like a coup, right? Because they were trying to overthrow the ruling that, you know, President Donald Trump had lost the election at that time. And he was going to take over the capital, US capital. So, like you say, extremely polarised. But does this mean that President, well, ex-President Donald Trump can not run next time round? I think that's what everybody is looking to
1: find out. 6.45 in the morning. We're heading into some messages. We'll come back with a look at what's making headlines in our local newspapers and portals. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. The Beatles with "Strawberry Fields Forever." I have to say, I think that's one of my favorite Beatles songs. Is it? It is. It's it's such it's so mellow. I love it. Like a like Yellow Submarine kind of mellow. Uh, Yellow Submarine is a little bit more trippy. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. Strawberry Fields <laughs> just brings to mind relaxing in Hyde Park or in Central Park or something. In any case, uh, you're listening to the Morning Run. I'm Shazana with Shaoning. It's six fifty a.m. on Tuesday, this fourteenth of June. So we. We were discussing a number of things earlier on uh, this morning. We were talking about time and how we value time, as well as bucket lists. I think we do have a message from Gerard that came in on this subject.
0: Yeah, he asked me to take up mountain biking. If you haven't already, that is experience the joy of two-wheel mobility in Malaysia's nature trails. Yeah, good advice. Exactly. But I hate, i i am not a big fan of cycling. Although motor,
1: it, it's two to... wheels. Yes. Yeah, One, yeah, One's mechanical, one's,
0: you know, what's actually better for the environment, which is. <laughs>
1: Which is all the
0: more reason to take up
1: Gerard's suggestion. And we also have another WhatsApp message from Ro regarding the conversation we had on built-to-last products and consumption.
0: Yeah, he basically said that built-to-last has been replaced by planned obsolescence and software updates, which render your purchases unusable. Fortunately, some of us are still built to last and learn to ride motorbikes. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about you there, Sheldon. Yeah, I guess I, I should learn to ride that motorbike.
1: And it's very true, right? When it comes to tech products, planned obsolescence, that does seem to be the thing because they want us to buy newer products, right? Rather than repair the old ones that we have. That yeah, is a big actually,
0: thing. this is somewhat related to the breakfast grill that I'll be having later on with uh, Rimini Street with um, because they're basically trying to help companies save money on that front. So do tune in. That's going to be happening at 8 a.m. Yep, on The Breakfast
1: Grill. And taking a look at some of the headlines, that uh, uh, local headlines that have caught our eye this morning, what's in the papers in front of you, Xiaoning? What's uh, what's making news there?
0: Uh, for me, it is actually, I'm looking at the CEO morning brief, which comes in uh, daily. And I've got this interesting article, actually, about uh, this, actually, Kaylee. Now, Kaylee Holdings. They... Um, There's a bit of a hoo-ha over the accounts. And so the forensic auditor has gone in to do uh, a thorough search in terms of missing money, I think. And what they found is that crucial information needed for audit has gone missing. So as a result, the forensic auditor has actually quit. They couldn't find uh, electronic equipment that was supposed to reveal certain data and timeline in terms of when transactions were happening. Um, they couldn't find uh, invoices, payment vouchers, receipts, agreements, all could not be located. So it looks like this is a very serious matter. There is a deliberate attempt maybe to conceal or withhold critical information to give a timeline in terms of exactly what happened at Kaylee.
1: Kaylee is a listed company. It's the lingerie maker uh, based here, with factories in places like Myanmar and mm. in Peru, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um. And we had them on the breakfast grill a couple months ago. But yeah, they've been in tough times ever since their assets were frozen. If I'm not a yes. couple months ago as well,
0: right? So for the last quarter, right, you're looking at a net loss of close to nine point three million dollars, uh, three million ringgit um the share price is well the shares are still suspend are still listed at the moment uh but clearly i think you know what's happening at this company and you know are the regulators going to step in what's what's the next stage i'm curious about that
1: something to keep an eye on indeed another development that i'd like to bring attention to and this is related to the government's announcement uh, last week that they will abolish the mandatory death penalty the minister in the prime minister's department dr jafar has come up with the timeline and i was very happy to to see this because his announcement didn't really specify the details of how they were going about to do this so he has announced that the government will table the abolition bill in the october parliamentary sitting with a view to full implementation by January January 2023. So at least we have a timeline in sight. Uh, we know that that's the uh, the scheduling that they're working for uh, to get this mandatory uh, death penalty um, abolished. And I think they're also looking to um, tap into what the public feels about this issue. Uh, mm-hmm. It has proved divisive. We've seen certain political parties come out to say that they still want the death penalty. Um, it's it's one of those things that. Um, creates a lot of different, I feel like there's a lot of different perspectives and nuances um, that should be, I suppose, taken into account as we try to move forward with this issue.
0: Yeah, other news that has caught my headline very quickly is the star business. And that's banning on exports, not the solution. And that's about our shift towards improving food security in the country. And this is on the back of actually the World Bank report that was released. I think we'll be following this conversation later tomorrow, probably. Thank you for listening to this podcast.